0: Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. Today's guest studied at King's College London, completed a computer science course at Harvard University, and her company, Babes on Waves, has won a grant for the Clear Future initiative, been featured in The Guardian, Huffington Post, and BBC Politics. It goes without saying that she's got an incredibly impressive CV. However, Jasmine has been very vocal about growing up with low self-confidence, self-esteem, and internalized racism. Now in her mid 20s, she's the founder of Babes on Waves, the first diverse female founders club for the next generation of black and POC female founders, giving them the tools to build confidence in themselves and their brand. Through Babes on Waves, she launched the Bloom Together capsule collection, raising an amazing 500 pounds for sister space, which is for black female survivors of domestic abuse. More recently, she's announced an incredible partnership and campaign with Office Shoes and Converse London and hosted an incredible International Women's Day event, which was one to remember, with tons of incredible speakers, including the singer Ray Black, amongst others. Her ultimate mission is to create a world where all women can champion one another and make their dreams a reality. When asked what her career has taught her in her life so far, she very thoughtfully answered that everything is always working out for you, even if you can't see it which is a perfect sentiment for this podcast. So Jasmine Douglas... Welcome to The Answer 20. Hi. <laughs> Hello. You were so
1: good on that intro. Like, I feel like I never know how to say what I do. I'm just like, yeah, I do a club um, <laughs> and it's like creatives and it's like black and brown people and everyone kind of looks at me and then I just stutter and then be quiet. So oh
0: <laughs> can I <laughs> just say, so <laughs> I've listened to you on a, uh, like lots of podcasts and you are so incredibly articulate. Oh my God, like, no, like, it's black insane. Out. I just black out and then, like, like, I come to and I'm like... <gasps> What happened? What happened? What did I say? Was I I, was I, there? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> um, which actually, I couldn't believe, because I was listening to you on a podcast today, and you were mentioning that you had your own podcast. So yeah, I had my own podcast. Yeah. I so did a few episodes. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast.
1: And then I started it. and I was like, oh my God, this is so much work. And then I'm like, it's, like, it's going to be a series. I'm going to do 10 episodes. And I was like... Ooh, oh my god three episodes in it's too much But so I was like so I'm gonna do five episodes up. and leave it and that's what I did oh um, fair
0: enough okay nice and was it kind of centred around what Babes on Waves is now or was it completely different topic completely different because I'm before. not glad to you, girl. I did try and look it up on Spotify I was like <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard it I was like where is no, it no I like, so stopped
1: paying for like the like RSS or whatever it is oh, ages ago okay fair enough fair enough <laughs> um, it's on Instagram though actually still the account oh is it okay um, nice but it was like pre Babes on Waves before it was born mm-hmm. um, and it was called um, How's Your Business and it was basically a podcast highlighting like really cool jobs so we interviewed say we it was me i interviewed like <laughs> i was say myself and-, yeah, yeah, yeah. myself and i interviewed like princess diana's like feng shui consultant wow and then it was like paranormal investigators aka like ghostbusters um oh my god that's
0: sick yeah just like people how with how the hell did careers. you get um princess diana's feng shui I don't even know Person. man. Like, I think I was just like, like how I would you sat... even think to find that contact? I was
1: just like sat sitting and I was thinking, Mm, interesting jobs. And I just did loads of Googling and I was like, interesting career you've never heard of. And then yeah. I saw Fame Grey Consultant. And I was like, what is that? And then <laughs> I was like looking it up. And he was really interesting actually. Um but he told me that London Air is so bad that I've probably lost like three years of my life. That's paraphrasing. But I was a bit like
0: <laughs> And that's when okay. he decided to end the podcast.
1: Yeah, I and was, was like... I'm <laughs> done him. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, he was an interesting dude, though.
0: Um, I wanted to go all the way back to your childhood because it is something that I did mention briefly in my introduction. Um, I mentioned that you had kind of low self-confidence and self-esteem.
1: Definitely. Like, I think, like, obviously now we're both, like, so interested in the topic of, like, you know, like, childhood trauma and, like, the way you were raised and stuff. And, like, so my mum is a Nigerian immigrant, like so she moved to the States when she was 13, like after she was basically like starving in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's had like a really hard life and a really impressive life to get to where she is today. Um, But I grew up like, anyone who's like the child of like immigrant knows like, like they work hard, like hard, hard, hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think looking back, I'm like, I can understand that I never really Felt like secure as a child because my parents weren't around because they were entrepreneurs. You know, what I mean, they ran their own business, um, and I was raised by um, people who helped out. You know, so, so I was raised by someone who helped out around the house, mm-hmm. um, and it was constant though because my the nature of who my mum was. She's she's quite a difficult person. She tries her best, but I think not quite equipped like emotionally for you know. to to deal with the kind of traumas that she's faced. Mm. Um, And so that was kind of difficult and they were always like a rotating the different people like around me from when I was like really small, like raising me essentially. So I think I never had a sense of security um, and coupled with the fact that like we moved around like loads, like when I was a kid, which was amazing because you know, I grew up like in Bangkok, the Caribbean, like New York, like wow.
0: Because I was thinking you have such an interesting accent, so I actually did want to know where you're from. So are you, because you went to school in Shrews- Shrewsbury. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, I was so I was like, is that school. the accent of Shrewsbury. I was like, because so <laughs> it kind of feels like it almost has like a little. Is it maybe like an Irish like lilt to it or something? I get Irish a lot. Like, yeah. So people, I was wondering I if you were from 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 the Ireland. Yeah, I get Irish. Yeah. I get um, Bristol. I get yes. Canada. I can see that because it's the R. I think. Do maybe. you think? Yeah.
1: But it's just. Um, I don't even know I guess it's like the international school accent Yeah. like so I was born in New York and then I kind of grew up between the Caribbean and Bangkok and I went to an international school in Bangkok oh, wow. and then I came to England for boarding school when I was like 13 um, oh
0: wow okay so, Okay. that's really interesting yeah so
1: like all of, which was obviously amazing like mm. we travelled so much and that was like an experience that I wouldn't want to give back but also meant that I was also like super unstable like I felt quite unstable when I was younger mm. and all the cultures are quite different. Um, so I, I went from like the Caribbean where I was considered like, you know what I mean? Like almost like white. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. in Bangkok, it was like, you know what I mean? You're too dark. And then private school, boarding school, then there again, it's like, yeah, you're like, you're, what are you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine the, um that whole sense of like not only personal identity but like cultural identity for must sure. have been really, really difficult if you're like constantly moving around and feeling and also just being a kid, like the one desire that you have is just to fit in, isn't it? So Definitely. like kind of feeling as though you're always having to like sort yourself into these different cultures must have been really, really hard, like hard at times for Definitely. sure. Um yeah, you did actually mention, which kind of ties into that, that you've always been the only mixed race person in the room and I feel like um and I don't want to speak on your behalf at all but that's probably why representation and inclusivity has been such an integral part of the the job and the uh, the business that you've now built um and I was just wondering what what that experience has been like for you to be living in predominantly white spaces and um how you might think that race has played a part in your confidence mm-hmm. or potentially lack of.
1: Yeah, it's definitely very damaging to, as you would know, I seem like, to be in a room of people who- Oh yeah. always, like, always. People who did never look like you and always feeling like you're the odd one out. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: So that was not great. And it definitely did have a big, I think it definitely did have a big part in like why I wanted Babes on Waves to be like such like an inclusive space. Yeah. Because up until I was like 18, 19, I don't think I had any black friends. Like, mm. I had one, like, half or, like, a quarter Jamaican friend at one point. But, like, besides that, I had no, like, yeah, black friends at all, mm. which is crazy. And then, and I always felt like, okay, like, I'm not black. Like, and I didn't want to be black, actually, at that time. Like, I felt I totally ashamed. understand this.
0: I, yeah. And now I feel ashamed looking back on that Yeah. Like, and, like, like,
1: when you're a teenager, like, you're ashamed of being black. And now I'm, like, ashamed that I was ashamed of being black. Exactly. And it's like, exactly. when does it end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're know riddled I mean? with shame. Yeah, exactly. Like, I
0: completely understand that <laughs> feeling. Because, yeah, because you, you went to boarding school. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. All the way up until you were 18?
1: Up until I was 18, okay. yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, I did the whole, like, wear weaves. And I had people be like, oh my God, do you even wash your hair? Yeah. Like, not understanding how, like, weaves or, like, braids work. So, yeah. Um, there was a lot of, like, unlearning to be done with Babes on Waves.
0: <laughs> mm. Do you feel like all of these, these elements that kind of... Uh, made your childhood and made that period of your life like how have they now come out in your adult life do you feel like they have affected the way that you have like relationships and friendships and how you work in um yeah like in a workspace yeah definitely i think
1: a really big one is I something that i struggle with actually when it comes to work Mm. is i definitely have that toxic like thought in the back of my head which is like it's weird, it's kind of going the other way where I'm like, there can only be one. There can only be one mixed-race mixed race person um, or black person in my space doing what I do. Mm. And if I'm not that one, then I'm not good enough. And I think that's kind of like the biggest toxic thing that I'm working on, like really letting go. Mm. Um, which is funny, because obviously everything Babes on Waves does is about like empowering women and like bringing women together. So I feel like I'm like actively like really trying to like overcome that, like with Babes on Waves. Um, But there definitely is, there definitely is something that I'm, that is present in my mind like Mm. um so yeah I think that's probably the biggest way
0: (laughs) it's really interesting you say that because I think actually subliminally I have that that exact same feeling and it's so bizarre because you would never think I don't know like we look at actresses and there's like 10,000 million white blonde women and they never I don't think anyone has ever thought like oh I'm Occupying a space that's definitely, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a space that's already occupied, so it is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, for sure, but no, I think it's like it's amazing what you're doing with Babes on Waves, which we will 100% be coming on to <laughs> in a second. Um, but just moving on a little bit from um, that time at school and kind of moving on into university, so you studied at King's College London. Um, and you took a full year to complete your dissertation mm-hmm. um, and you've kind of, again, openly spoken about this and identified this as being a really strange time for you because, and I am going to quote here, I wasn't quite a graduate because I had an essay hanging over my head, but I wasn't quite a student because I had no lectures. I felt stressed 24-7, not knowing what to do, getting en- endless rejections and non-responses. It was really, really tough. But I was just wondering um what that period of time taught you and like if you have any kind of coping mechanisms like from that experience
1: yeah I think that was kind of around that time was one of the first major like not even I was gonna say glow up but not even glow up but like like really hard work on myself that I ever did because I had to it was the first time I really like stopped and looked at my life um and didn't have something to like busy myself with um, and it was just, like, really, like, confronting. Okay, like, what kind of person do I want to be? Like, what, what kind of person am I? Like, who am I? What's going to make me happy? Um, and all of that. Um, and I think kind of the biggest thing was that you really have to... That's when I started... That was my. That's when I first started doing things for myself. So did a club night, did a podcast, um, all of those kind of things that weren't for the business of it. It was just for, like, fun, essentially, and just mm. trying out new things. And I think, like, the biggest kind of takeaway is that, like, in life like no one's really gonna no one's gonna hand you things um, and you really have to go out and make your own opportunities and even if it's not like the dream thing in alignment like, like you know what I mean? I've mean. i always had like literally like three jobs at once like I've always done since I like I turned 18 like I've always done you know I've had like temp jobs and then I would work at weddings on the weekends and then I was a club promoter for like in Mayfair which <laughs> was the most toxic space ever by oh, the way God, we'll not yeah. recommend that but <laughs> But you know what I mean, I was always like, from when I turned 18, I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I'm just gonna try everything. yeah. And probably took on too much. But yeah, I think creating your own opportunities is like the number one thing that has kind of, I learned and has like really stuck with me.
0: Yeah, totally. That's really interesting. Um, do you feel, having spoken a little bit about your mum, do you feel as though this kind of, and actually both of your parents, that entrepreneurial side do you think that came from your parents and that work ethic and like seeing them and, and and aspiring to be like, or do you think it was almost like a kind of, I don't know, like um, an inherent thing that was like passed down to you. You're like, oh, I've got this like kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. Cause it does take a very specific type of person to do that and have that kind of drive in, in, in them. Definitely. It's
1: a really interesting question um, because like, you know, we both kind of said like, before I was like, when I was still at school, I didn't really do much because I didn't want to be like the old one out. So I would just do what the crowd did,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I would like, and my mom was like, "You need to do this." And I'm like, "No, I don't," or whatever. But mm. um, I think my that kind of like, and I, I think okay, I think if we're getting to the root of it, I think what a, a lot of what drives me is actually the feeling of not good enough, being not being good enough, and that is what pushes me to like, you know. Do so much more because I'm like, okay, well, I need to like make up for it in this, this, in this way, which isn't like healthy at all. Um, but I think before when I was younger, it was that was channeled in different ways. And then kind of when I had that period of like, what, what am I doing in my fourth year? Like, I have so much time, and uh, I don't know what direction I want to go in. I think that's when I learned to like channel that energy in a more productive way. Where I was like, okay, like sometimes I think it's actually very hard to change that to transform that baggage that comes from your childhood. Um, I I don't think we can always get rid of it, it's about like accepting it and saying, how can we redirect it into something that actually serves me, rather than
0: you being a bit of a slave to it. Mm, Um, Totally. Yeah, I feel like that did not answer your question. So something that you were uh, talking about just there that actually reminded me is, having gone to this boarding school for so many years, it was like seven, eight years of your life, which you've already mentioned was very predominantly white, and then making the active decision to move to King's College in London and being in this kind of very like metropolitan city that's very like multicultural, um, what was that experience like for you? Did you really enjoy the fact that suddenly you were in this space that felt really kind of colorful and vibrant and loud and that you were able to really tap into lots of different cultures?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I moved to London um, by accident. So actually, like, (laughs) my friend was like, "Hey, um, take a gap year." About two weeks before I was supposed to go to Bristol, actually, and I was like, "Okay." And then (laughs) how (laughs) easily persuaded you were. So much stuff in my life has been like this. I can't even like go into it. Like, it's just, it's just. I need. I'm so much more intentional now, but back really? then I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> sure. <we're yeah."> <laughs> so it was like an, ac- an accident, and then I moved to London, and then he was like, oh, come to King's. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I literally dropped out my place in Bristol, like, and I then reapplied to King's. Um, So it wasn't like
0: a conscious... Wait, sorry. What was the <laughs> timeline of this? Because if I knew it was that easy to get into... Not easy, sorry. But you know what? Wait, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So you... <laughs> So how, wait, so you were going to go to Bristol in September. How close to that happening were you like, actually, I'm going to do a gap year?
1: Literally. So so July, I was like all pairing in Spain. And then <laughs> Gorgeous,
0: that. and then I
1: was like texting my friend and he was like, why don't you just like take a gap year? Because I'm taking a gap year. And so literally like by like mid-August, I was like, okay. um, right. And then, you know, cancelled my place. Like literally it was like two weeks or something before I was supposed to like, you know, move into halls and that okay. kind of And did you
0: completely cancel or did you do the like classic like defer? So or? I deferred right. and okay. then
1: it was like three weeks into living in London that he was like, why don't you just stay in London? I was like, okay. <laughs> and you know what okay. I mean? Okay. And that, but that was like how like malleable I feel like I was. Yeah. Like not on a good way. I think that was, I would, I would kind of, that was when I didn't really know who, who I was and were. what I wanted and I just kind of like went with, yeah. you know what I mean? Like either I went to King's um, so I had to like get, I got accepted in like a different um, subjects because they, there was any space through, whatever, for the the subject I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I went on a different subject with the intention to change and even then for six weeks I had no, I didn't go to any lectures, I didn't have a subject at King's. I was just like living the fresher lifestyle and then my like flatmate in my halls was like, why don't you just do philosophy? And I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. So like, that's, that's how I ended up at King's doing philosophy.
0: So were you, when you moved to London and you were there for those three weeks, were you already in student halls? Oh no. So that was the, my, the start of my
1: gap year. So uh, I was just like living with my friend and we were just like going out every okay. night. And I was like, London's
0: sick. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, but
1: yeah, looking back, it was great because it ends up in such like a multicultural place. Yeah. Um, and then I realized like the day that I, looking back, I'm like, the day that I really started like sit in my skin properly was I was going to meet um, someone who I was like kind of dating at the time, and I didn't have like braids in or a weave in. I just went with my natural hair, and that's something that I'd never done before. Like I'd never gone to see friends with my natural hair out like ever, um, and it was like something that was massive for me because i was so again like, i'm sure you oh, can yeah, relate no, Like totally i was ashamed of my hair yeah, like yeah, yeah. you yeah. know the first boy i ever slept with told me that he never wanted to see my natural hair because it would disgust him so, uh, when i was 15 so that was like what i was carrying around oh my god that's and then
0: horrendous.
1: yeah i mean obviously he's like just the scum of the <laughs> yeah hell. um but yeah i wouldn't don't know if i had gone to bristol if i would have had that same
0: experience definitely or, yeah, yeah 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 totally that's really amazing moving on from that that time and then thinking about creating babes on waves so i've spoken again a little bit about this in the introduction but babes on waves is a confidence building platform where founders can launch scale and grow their business offering one-to-ones talks and workshops and it currently has, I believe around 150 members. Yeah, yeah, including myself as of yesterday. Good research. I know I saw, I was gonna say we could set up your profile after this. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. I wanted to have time to do it today, but I didn't quite have time sadly. So I just wanted to understand like the journey for you creating Babes on Waves, which for me, I feel like kind of encapsulates uncertainty because it feels like it was lots of different ideas and it kind of landed on this. Am I right in thinking that it was originally meant to be a magazine? Yeah. So it's yeah.
1: Like, I launched it as a magazine and then I was like, oh my God, I really hate writing articles. <laughs> I was like, I hate
0: this. So <laughs> I was like, let's just pause
1: and pivot. <laughs> and yeah, it just became a club like super randomly. <laughs>
0: so Okay, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> so did
0: you like bring out an issue and you were like,
1: yeah, not for me. Honestly, like I launched it with like six articles on the website and I was like, Woo, I'm done. No more content, please.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is a lot. Yeah. That is, that is so a lot. And then, so, and then how did you decide to pivot it into the entity that it is today?
1: So it was, like, super organic. So after I the, did the magazine and I was like, ooh, they're not sure this is for me, but I don't know what I want to do next. Um, I I don't know if you've heard of Future Girl Corp,
0: but no, it was I this kind of, like, no.
1: platform that was about, like, teaching women how to build businesses, all the time they launched this pack which was like you know like it was like 45 pages and it was kind of like things to discuss in like your own future girl corp groups um and so i was like let me just form my own through babes and waves um and posted it on instagram i was like anyone want to get together once a month and chat through our business ideas and 10 women basically all wanted to do it so once a month we'd meet up at like we work or like a, any workspace whatever mm-hmm. and i would like literally just like prepare a presentation, like go so overboard on like <laughs> a, a lesson in this kind of pack, but like so much more in depth. And we would just meet up and discuss it. And then it got to the pandemic. And I was like, um, day job life is not for me. <laughs> and Fair I was enough. like, guys, what do you think about paying a membership fee? We can use that money to hire like a person who knows what they're talking about to run the presentations instead of me. And they were like, yeah, cool um and then they told their friends and then they wanted to join and then literally like by that was may 2020 so it really was very like
0: word of mouth actually. yeah it was literally it so of word of grew yeah amazing.
1: and yeah and now it just kind of literally just kept growing and growing and
0: i was like okay let's do this properly <laughs> <laughs> how did you decide also on the name babes on waves
1: so one of my friends in uni it was like she'd always used to say it whenever like we were like at paris before night out as like when we started getting tipsy she'd be like babes on waves babes on waves and like it's just like little really... did she know the meaning it would have now yeah honestly but you know what i said to her i remember once i w- we were at paris and i was like babes on waves i was like that is amazing i was like i'm gonna launch a magazine and call it babes on waves but then i remember like two people like laughing at that like laughing at me and i was like all right then, I'm gonna actually do it. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll show you. Honestly, I feel like so much stuff I've
0: done has been driven by like spite, <laughs> which is a great motivator. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Do you like? How did she have anything in like trademarking the name? Was she just completely fine with it? Yeah, she was just fine with it. Like, <laughs> she was like, "I'm your inspiration." It's probably like Julia Foxing right now. Like, um, I'm, I'm the young job. job." I'm so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you said that you launched it in 2020. Um, 2020 being obviously one of the weirdest years of everyone's life. So I feel mm-hmm. like, um, did you did you launch it before or after the lockdown? Literally like month one of lockdown.
1: Well, uh, well, May, okay. May 2020. When was lockdown? Like March. So a month after or a something. A month after. Okay, yeah. so I'm
0: just wondering, was there ever a concern about creating this community whilst the world was in a lockdown? Or do you actually feel that because... Uh, we were so kind of insular and isolated that actually it kind of almost benefited to create this online community
1: I don't think we could have we could have created what we've created without like having that to be honest because mm. um, which is obviously like an incredibly like privileged thing to be able to say mm. um, but I think people were really really craving that like connection yeah. and I think if the world had kept ticking on as it was I, I think like I know Myself before I was so like busy, 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 not say, thinking about was anything. Just wor- like, yeah, I wouldn't. I would have probably never like gone to. I would. It would be one of those things where you like, you know, you you RSVP to like a free networking event and then you don't go. And I feel like that would have been the vibe because everyone was so busy. Whereas everyone like slowed down for a month or two, just had a moment to pause. exactly. And then yeah. it was like, let me actually find my people um and take because it's the it's the same amount of effort to find my people as it is to like chat to like my friends who I've known for like 20 years so let me like you know move forward like quite mm. intentionally
0: yeah yeah totally obviously 2020 was also a period which will I think forever go down in history is like one of the biggest race reckonings of our time mm-hmm. I feel like the conversation around race just overnight completely changed um and diversity and inclusion became these almost like buzzwords that everyone was constantly using. So, I just wondered for you, um, because also you're you're what well, you had launched by that point, um, a business that really kind of speaks to that and speaks to women who are you know POC and black brown women. Like, how I don't know, do you feel like that was all quite overwhelming at that time? Like, how do you feel as though? The BLM movement kind of impacted you and Babes on Waves? It's hard because
1: in a way when all of that happened, I kind of didn't really engage because, you know, what I mean, just because all of these like non black people were like, oh, this stuff happens. You know, we've been dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. With racism and everything that comes with it for so long. So mm. I kind of even it like i was like i didn't really want to i felt like a lot of people were kind of looking for comment and i was like i don't really want to Engage comment. yeah i was line. like because mm-hmm. this is not new to us um and just because it's new to you i don't feel like i have to like do a whole thesis on instagram or whatever about mm. whatever i think i did a, did a post about it um people caring about blm shouldn't have been sparked by such like an, an awful thing like it like it shouldn't take that happening for yeah. people to give a fuck basically oh God, definitely. um but you know the, that's how the world works sadly so if anything i was like okay now that people are like listening and paying attention i'm just gonna like use this moment to like really really like put the platform through and like all the POC, like all the black babes, like I'm going to use this moment to try and like really platform them because people are paying attention. Mm. So this is their moment to like shine. So I think that was like helpful in that way. But yeah, it's hard. Um, it's really hard to say because I think it's just quite a
0: draining. Oh my God. It was <laughs> it's trying so... to find the balance. And I've, yeah, I completely agree with you. It was like one of the most exhausting periods I think of, of my life was like trying to just like navigate that and the conversations and like being in a workplace and, But, you know, I I also
1: feel like it's important to focus on the positives. Um, And I think there is a lot of opportunity for black, brown um, POC babes. Like, I really think there is. And it's just a matter of, like, access and finding it um but yeah but also i've been told before like when pitching to press like sorry we've just done an article on a black community um so you know with no interest <laughs> so it doesn't feel good in your tick box i would like- to say it's
0: that box ticking quota that i feel like yeah. just we need to completely abolish because it's so frustrating definitely i hate it um and then obviously you went- Full time with babes on waves in was it june of 2021 i think what, what year is it i'm like it's 2022 so yeah last year <laughs> yeah so crazy yeah and how was that step for you was it overwhelming at all or do, did you feel like it was the right time you were all set oh my god it was so scary it literally took me so long
1: but you know what like so i started my last job in august 2020 and then i when i accepted the offer for that job before they so i had the interview and then i was saying to my boyfriend's for right after i was like oh I was like, i'm not sure how it went but actually like i think i'm gonna do babes and ways full time i don't think i want a job and then that evening they called me and gave me the job so i was like okay my salary <laughs> yes <please.
0: laughs> I, yeah
1: high adult salary so give
0: me that money yeah
1: but like my gut instinct was that like i didn't want um a job and hopefully none of my old co-workers are listening to this (laughs) (laughs) but and i was right like from the minute i had my first day like everyone was really nice and it was a really interesting company but i just felt like i was being torn away from like what gave me energy Mm. um and
0: it's so difficult as well to motivate yourself in a space like that when you're just your attention is completely elsewhere it's
1: really hard to 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 start a new job and give your attention to that and also like give attention to your like growing business Mm. um and so i kind of knew basically from day one that This wasn't really for me, Um, but I gave it a go. um, And then about six months, six months after, I was like, okay, I'm just... I, I need to leave because yeah. <laughs> it isn't it's working out. Working. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't honoring the day job. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, That's someone else it's... could use this and like really like grow in this role. And you know what I mean? And I felt like I was taking opportunities away almost mm. from someone and you're else. And like
0: doing kind of everyone a disservice at that point because exactly. you're not giving the company your best, but you're also not giving exactly. yourself and your business the best. And then it's like, you're, it's kind of a lose situation at that point, isn't it? Definitely. Which must be really difficult. Um, and it's, Basil Waves is, is an amazing place it's an amazing um, community of, of, of women and inspirational founders so I was wondering for you are there do you have a particular female founder who has been like incredibly inspirational in your own work so it's hard because I feel like so many people
1: inspire me in like different ways but like, I'd say like my best friend Bex I find like really inspiring and it's funny because I feel like we feel kind of a similar way about each other, but she's she's basically a doctor, um, and she's also a yoga teacher, and she runs a wellness business, and she's a DJ, um, and she's like a qualified like PT.
0: So like her skill set is like like, I know it's
1: like all hard skills, Mm. um, and I look at that, and that's something that I've always felt like I never really had. Even now, like I know that I can do a lot, and I know that I've got obviously my like areas of expertise but it's not as like it's, it's that kind of like i really want to be able to like you know have that title like mm. it's, it's wanting to define yourself almost isn't it um i just find it really really inspiring um the way that she kind of like really and like these are all like spaces as well that are like really underrepresented by le- like black and
0: poc groups so yeah. yeah i find that really inspiring actually i love that oh i like that as well because um a lot of the time when you ask people who inspires you it can be like someone who feels very far removed from you but i think actually it's just really nice when the people who inspire you the most are definitely. the people you surround yourself with i think that's definitely the case
1: i think i 100 de- percent get the most inspiration from people like in really close proximity mm. um because i try not to look at i think it's that competitive streak of me i try not to look at people who are like you know who i see is more way more advanced than me or whatever because I just feel like the nature of who I am, I then get into a very self negative self-talk space and I feel like you never really know what's going on in someone's life. You might be like, Oh my god, they have all but you don't know like what hardships they've had and stuff. Whereas my friends around me, I'm like, they have done this thing despite this happening, despite that happening. And that's what I find really inspirational, like mm. the resilience of it all, rather than like, you know, being on some like checkbox list or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, something that I noticed when I was kind of going through your social platforms and things was the phrase working for exposure. So I think this is something that is really prevalent in especially the female and especially the, the POC space um, and actually happens on all kind of levels of success. So we might remember <laughs> in 2020 when the actress actress, sorry, and comedian Tiffany Haddish told Variety that she was asked to host the Grammy's precast um ceremony and had to turn down the gig because the recording academy expected her to work for free in return for good exposure (laughs) and i know that this phrase working for exposure um yeah you've kind of spoken about it quite a lot on your social platforms so i just wanted to ask what your genuine thoughts are about this especially when you are a newbie who is trying to establish yourself in an industry it's that's so funny we've literally got um a post coming out about
1: this next week like quite a long post about it um because maybe unpopular opinion but i do think working for exposure i don't think it's the evil thing that is it's made out to be i think if you're established and you've got a platform like come on like like you need to get paid like that is so true but i think like when you're a newbie like i think especially like being a business owner now myself and stuff and like looking at interactions with people i do think it's not even about it's not even about like exposure itself it's basically i think exposure can lead to like really great things happening Mm -hmm. and sometimes if if you don't have that experience it's better to have that than not nothing at all um and i think we put too much pressure on ourselves to like get paid you know and get the 10k month and stuff and i had i felt so bad for so long that i wasn't pulling in these like And I'm still not, but (laughs) disclaimer, you know (laughs) what I mean? I was like, why am I not earning 10K a month? Why am I not getting paid 1K per job? Like all these other people who say don't work for exposure seem to be getting it. And I almost felt like really like guilty if an exposure came up. uh, I'm sorry, if an opportunity came up and it wasn't paid, I felt like I was doing myself like a massive disrespect if I had, if I accepted it. And I just think it really depends on, like, what the case is. If it's working with a brand that you know has, like, a big budget, then... Yeah, like massive pockets, and then yeah. they like, oh,
0: no, but, yeah, we don't need to pay you. Then that's, then that's, that's disrespectful. Whole dif- yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But if
1: it's, like, a collaboration that makes sense for both of you, or, you know, something that you can really, like, leverage someone's platform, you know what I mean, like then there's nothing really wrong with it and I don't want to be made to feel bad about like accepting that kind of opportunity
0: no I totally agree it's actually really interesting you say that because yeah the dialogue around that has like really shifted and yeah it has since then become this thing that is yeah like if you're not getting paid then you're undervalued um and like yeah it's difficult because there are definitely um you know both arguments hold up and mm. have their own like um gravity to it but yeah i guess it's just about finding that line isn't it because yeah it like, depends what
1: the demand is like if someone's asking you to do like a full-time unpaid internship like that is not worth exposure like i'm sorry that's that's like theft that is like yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah, that yeah, is uh, hard labour. like yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like you're working, you, know, you know it, it is like if you're working like i remember my first like thing i ever got to, um job I ever ever had was when I'm first went to London and it was working 9am to 6pm unpaid I, I lasted three days and I was like because I was doing waiter shifts in the evening to pay my way and I was like God. I need to sleep like that is just not okay yeah no that's not um, okay but if it's like you know what I mean what if a dream opportunity comes up working with someone you really admire and it's you know assisting on the day and it's like unpaid for a few hours like personally i would accept that because you never know with
0: the connections that you make on the day like where that's going to lead you mm. so it's just like yeah taking it's, it really yeah, case yeah exactly. case. experiences can be invaluable actually and they might not have a price on them it's just like yeah having the opportunity to meet someone or make that connection can act, be much more valuable than like you know getting definitely 100 quid or whatever it might be so that's yeah i totally agree with that um and then going back on to what i think is almost the thread really of like what defines you but also defines your brand is the topic of confidence i feel um so i wanted to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome and also um burnout because actually the topic of burnout is kind of how we connected because um it was maybe like late last year wasn't it it was like around november time and you did this like really really refreshingly honest um like ig like chat where you were just being really honest about the fact that you were feeling incredibly burnt out, you were really struggling to like um, celebrate your wins and, mm. and find like positives in the business. And um, yeah, just finding basically everything incredibly overwhelming. And it really, really resonates with me and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of other people as well. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about these issues, especially because you are um, a solo founder, because something that I've had quite a few founders on recently, And they're all co-founders. And I think one thing that I always ask them is like, you know, the um, unpredictability of a business. Like, how do you navigate that? Mm. And time after time, that answer is always having a co-founder by my side because every good day for them is a bad day for me and vice versa. Mm. And that always seems to be the answer. And so I'm so intrigued in understanding like the just unbelievable, like resilience and tenacity that you must have as a solo founder um to like how be able to talk yourself out of what can be you know like the, the dark days and like the doubtful moments that you might have which obviously everybody has but like how do you navigate that time and how do you navigate like imposter syndrome and and all of those kind yeah of definitely trickier I, parts I mean
1: I think in place of like a co-founder um I'm lucky in that I have the community and that's literally what babes on waves is for yeah. so if I'm feeling really anxious or really you know burnt out or really depressed or whatever i'll just post in that and i'll be like oh my god i feel so depressed guys does anyone else feel this way i feel i'm not really making progress um and then like you know like five ten people will comment and they'll be like yeah same like and then you just kind of realize that you're not alone in it yeah that everyone's having a similar
0: journey exactly
1: um so i think that's really helpful but then at the same time being a community like leader is also like a massive and i was reading an article about the burnout you experience as a community leader or manager and it definitely is it, it definitely does contribute to burnout because I you know i i feel because i like to have like a direct um i like to, to know every single person coming through the space so i'll speak to generally speak to every single person who comes into babes on waves and i know i know what i know the name of every single person and what they do at least um if we haven't had a conversation or whatever but with that obviously like it's like 150 people and it's like it's just a lot and i feel really like responsible if i see someone post and they have a win or they're having a bad day i i want to comment and i want to like make sure they're okay or send them a postcard or whatever it is and it's a lot because you feel like you i feel like i've got like 150 like kids even oh even though God. you know i don't know that's like, obviously a really kind of condescending thing to say i don't mean it like that but, but you know what i mean like obviously oh, they're I mean, not totally. children but i'm like, but you are,
0: like nurturing they're my family people. yeah yeah. Yeah, totally, totally.
1: <laughs> yeah so it can be a lot
0: how does that feel knowing that your like babes on waves is also growing like it's growing at quite a large pace does that kind of scare you that like yeah, definitely. <laughs> and is it making you maybe th- rethink how you're a community manager and how you support the people around you? Because yeah, I mean, it's so much to like be giving out to the world, and then like you, you obviously kind of like need to get that back or like definitely. have time to just like replenish.
1: So I think like it's we've definitely had to change the way we do things. So for instance, when um, up until the end or like November last year when people wanted to join, what we do is they they do a form and then we accept people based on, you know, um, who makes sense for the space right now. And then what I do is I text them and then we'd like talk a bit and then we'd set up a call and then I'd have a one-to-one call and I'd tell them, okay, this is how it works. Do you think it might help? Um, find out more about them, and then based on that, then, you know, I'm like, okay, at the end of it, I would say, okay, cool. i send them the link by message, and then I'd, like, follow up, and, like, you, should, you know, and it was just, like, a long process. It yeah, was, like, a was long was a, one-to-one. a lot of one-to-one care. Definitely, which yeah. is, like, I think, I genuinely think that's why we've made such an amazing vibe in the community, and that's why it feels so different, and what I'm really proud of, compared to, like, a lot of other communities, but we had to scale. I scaled that back first to doing like group calls, and mm-hmm. then I've just had to like drop the call aspect completely and do things a different way because um, it was just too much. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's
0: a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Exactly.
1: But mm-hmm. when it comes to like community building, they always say like when you start like do the things that don't scale. So we still like send postcards out to people for their wins every month, and that's something that I will try and always do because I don't want to grow, grow, grow anyway. Like we we're not open year round. Like we I want to cap around two hundred members. And then just have it, like, I I probably need to think of a better system for, like, scale beyond that. But for now, I'm like, you know, I'm not too fussed about, like, growing huge. I'd rather, like, still know the name of every single person who comes to the space. And that's Mm. what's important to me.
0: It's really nice and refreshing that actually for you, fundamentally, this is all about, like, human connection and community and all of that stuff. And that actually, yeah, like, success doesn't have to be... 10,000 people in in ways and ways like it can just be a tight knit group of people who like genuinely want to support one another so that's really really nice
1: absolutely like in in the least like arrogant way I feel like if I wanted to grow I'm confident that we could have had you know I mean like a thousand members by now like I really feel like we could have but that's that's not not what but then the space would not be what it is today at Mm. all
0: and that kind of takes its usp away exactly and then then a new shiny space opens and then yeah it's just not (laughs) not what you want yeah and like when it comes to experiencing burnout is was the time that you spoke about openly in in november was that the first time that you've experienced it or is it girl i don't even know it's
1: just just blurred into one big burnout
0: (laughs) but Um, i was just wondering um like, have you now, what what t- to you are like the signifiers of like, okay, I'm approaching burnout and then like kind of going on the other side of that. Because I know that you had a really interesting conversation with, is it Josie from the Sojo app? Oh yeah, Josephine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys were talking about like the process of like kind of re-emerging after yeah. experiencing burnout, which I found really fascinating. But yeah, I was just wondering if you, if there were any like signifiers on both sides that you think are quite helpful that you could share
1: yeah i don't know it's really hard because i feel like the word burnout is thrown around a lot as well and i always get in my head where i'm like am i actually burnt out or am i tired and i i'm really like i need to be accurate in my head kind of person (laughs) like an overthinker aka (laughs) and i don't know like i think i've been like properly burnt out before but i don't know i think it's just when you start losing interest stop losing interest sorry start Yeah, you start losing interest in what you you're doing and it becomes really hard to like focus um on what used to like bring you joy and i think mm. that's kind of what i was experiencing like, every day was a slog like n- literally nothing i was like should i just quit should I just close it down and i came really kind of close to doing a post being like, in, in our group, being like, I think I'm gonna shut this down. I spoke to actually a member and I was like, I think I'm gonna shut this down um, in a few months. And she was like, please don't do it. Um, and then I went on holiday and I felt a bit better. So, so I think it's like yeah,
0: always the answer. Yeah.
1: Also having like sunshine and stuff. Why am I choosing to live in London? Like <laughs> I'm not tied to this place. But like a few of us actually in Bays Waves are going on a group working trip I to Morocco. Saw, it so nice. yeah, yeah, so I'm really excited for that. How long is
0: how long will that be? So, like, so I wanted days. to go for
1: like three weeks, um, but that's excessive, I'm told. So <laughs> <laughs> So I think we're going for a week.
0: Sorry, I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, nice I, compromise, I yeah. was compromised guys so friends. i went in at like four months and they came back with like three days yeah we, we met in the middle and exactly. it's
1: <laughs> i'm a very much an all or nothing person yeah so. <laughs> fair,
0: enough. fair enough but yeah i wanted to just quickly go back to the chat with josephine from sojo which is a, a fantastic app if people don't know it um and you were like talking about how uh actually it's a mixture of two separate conversations that you've had so you spoke to someone recently about how founders like to wear all of the hats um, as a badge of honour, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. And then your chat with Josephine, she kind of said like, um, especially as a, as a young founder, what you need to understand is that you're not always going to be a complete expert in every single vertical or facet of your business. So I was wondering how you kind of juggle between um, like imposter syndrome and like understanding your expertise, but then also the line of like understanding where you do need to listen to an expert or bring an expert's opinion in?
1: Honestly, I'm like queen outsource. Like I would, I will outsource everything if I can. (laughs) But I'm also a control freak, which is not a good combination because (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to do it, I don't know how, I don't have time to learn, but it needs to be done in a specific way, (laughs) which I fully appreciate is a toxic trait. Which I'm, I'm working, working on. on. It. I'm working on it. Yeah. I feel like I'm just, this podcast has just been rambling about my toxic traits. No, which... not at <laughs>
0: all. So. Hey, it's funny because I did actually say, I know that you've mentioned that you are quite OCD and I was wondering how you learn to let go of that. Like, how do you learn to just like give bits of your business away to other people? It's
1: hard. It's hard. But I think
0: it's, I
1: lack a lot of trust um, in people, but I think I have some team members who are really amazing. And it's, realizing how much easier your life can be when you give that trust to people who are capable mm. and all I need is organization. Like if you're organized, that's you're like 95% like there <laughs> with me and I'm happy to like take extra time to like teach or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's just about, sorry, my train of thought is gone, but yeah, I think it's just about um, trusting that things that need to be done in your specific Vision, like yeah. they can be done slightly differently, as long as the job gets done and as long as you still feel it like it represents the brand, um, which is actually like those two criteria, like actually leaves things quite like you know easy to fulfill.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on the business proposal podcast, you discussed something um, that was the importance of goal setting and how you feel like it's really instrumental in making dreams a reality and how you mesh personal and work goals together. Uh, something that I found really really funny was um, you talking about the Sunday Island you're oh, like oh yeah the Sunday Island everyone <laughs> everyone's on the Sunday Island so I wanted to know because you kind of said like look there will always be things that are on the Sunday Island because we're all human we don't you know <laughs> we don't have like not, according not to <laughs> Day, Yeah, yeah yeah we... or Kim K yeah <laughs> honestly um but you know like we we can't achieve absolutely every single thing on our list so i'm wondering for you what are the things that you think will remain on your son or are still on your sunday island oh i don't even know because like i'm like straight away things come to my mind
1: but i'm like no i'm gonna do it so <laughs> i, you
0: know know what I mean yeah. so
1: i'm definitely in denial about a lot of things um <laughs> The splits? Think, do
0: you think that's ever gonna happen
1: oh my god you know what like that was on my to-do list for so long and i used to practice like 30 minutes a day of i mean
0: splits. that's a good way to go because i've i am just um like in my head being like yeah one day i'll do the splits i'm, I don't, I'm not even at that yeah, stage. Yeah. i think actually yeah, the
1: splits is a great example um so that's just been on the back burner
0: i don't know like
1: I really want to become qualified um as a sex therapist like Mm. I find the topic like really really interesting I've been learning loads about it but realistically like am I like like realistically I'm like okay I don't actually want to work as a sex therapist I just find it really interesting and I really want to do the courses and stuff but I'm like realistically am I gonna take the time out to go back to uni would, it, would it be not. a university course you can do? Yeah, it like so, a, so you okay. have to go do university course. There's a foundation course that I was looking at, and I was gonna actually apply to to do from January to December. Yeah. Um, but it got left on the to do list, and <laughs> it was too late. So now I'm like, maybe next year. But I'm trying to also remember that there's other ways to do things that doesn't. I'm like Do I need a qualification? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to coach people. So no like i just want to learn about it and so i can read a book and listen to podcasts and go to events to
0: educate yourself yeah exactly
1: which take up so much less time without having the pressure of like it's got to be a hundred or nothing
0: yeah and also i wanted to ask you if you don't mind sharing because it can be obviously quite a personal thing but um in terms of goal setting what are the goals that you've set yourself or like for your business this year so the business one, the big one this year is becoming financially sustainable because I think
1: I'm up, I'm up I, so I still don't earn a salary. So I pay everyone before, I, like I pay everyone on my team, but I don't pay myself, which, you know, the, I was like, oh, that's all good. Um, But actually, I think I'm really starting to like feel it this year. and I think mm-hmm. it actually leads to res- you resenting your business when you're not like getting, obviously I get so much from it like emotionally and,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: from my career, I'm learning lots of stuff, but i you need you need you need money to live yeah, <laughs> yeah i a question
0: because so i'm so ignorant when it comes to this but actually it's funny you should say this because the guy that i just had on my podcast james said exactly the same thing where he was like we didn't make any money for the first well i wasn't paying myself for the first like a year or 18 months so how does that genuinely work because in my head i'm like if i don't have money i'm not paying yeah. my rent or i'm not like able to l- literally like buy food for myself so if you're not paying yourself from that Like, I'm just, like, interested in how that works. Yeah.
1: And, like, this is what people don't talk about. Like, actually, it's very common. I think I don't know anyone who paid themselves through their business before the first three or four years.
0: Yeah, I think that's very common.
1: And it's a combination of um, day job, which is what sustained me for the first bit of it, um, or a part-time job. I did like one day of my job part-time, then I was like, no, I'm gonna quit. Mm. Um, and then for me, it's been grants. So
0: Okay. I got
1: a grant, I got a couple of grants, but the one I got last last year through an organization called Unlimited. So if you've got a business that's like a social enterprise, so it's all about like, um, social I can't even speak but social purposes mm-hmm. then you can apply for they've got two grants um one of them's like start it and the second one's grow it so I got the grow it award which awards you 15k to spend however you want that's
0: amazing and initially
1: I was gonna spend it on the business but then I was like no I'm gonna actually use that as um like money for that's myself that's, yeah, yeah yeah so I budgeted 1,000 pounds um a month and that's what I've been living off of and it runs out at the end of this year so right. so that's why I'm like this year I need to actually like pay myself mm. something um otherwise you know what i mean it's just not gonna work out in the long term
0: yeah 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 and does that um does that worry you at all yeah it... definitely yeah I was,
1: like I literally i had like the most stressful hot shower yesterday whenever i'm stressed i take a hot shower but if you're really stressed then it's not good because my heart was like pounding and i was like sweating and i was like ah!
0: Pressure, um. yeah. You know what? I, <laughs> whenever I'm stressed, I'm like, you know what will be so great is a heart bath. Then I get out of it, and it literally I am even more stress. Like, I did it the other day, and I was like, I might be having a heart attack. Like, my heart was like, exactly. so like, why do people ever say that taking a bath is a good idea? It's a terrible idea. I don't know. I guess that's why people say cold water therapy. So, yeah, true, makes a bit more sense to me now, very
1: true. Um, but yeah, I definitely find it like very, very stressful. Um, and it's something that I think about a lot. And it's like I said, I don't want to, like, compromise the values of Babes on Ways by becoming, like, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not numbers driven because I am in a sense where I set mm. goals and I think about money, especially when work, working with, like, partners and stuff. But, yeah, I don't want to just be like, okay, let me just take in, like, 100 members to, like, cover, you know, my salary and then Babes on Ways loses, like, the intentionality of the space. So, yeah, it's something that I worry about a lot
0: um oh jasmine it's been so lovely to chat to you and talk to you about babes on waves and everything that you've got going on a few things that uh or the final things i should say that i ask guests of my podcast are what is the thing that you feel the most uncertain about right now right the second
1: right the second is definitely money because unfortunately you need money to live and do your passions and right now i'm like I don't know, do I just take a... Sometimes I'm like, should should I just get a day job? I was literally looking at at jobs yesterday. I was like, I could do this. Then I was like, but I'll hate it. So yeah, I think definitely uncertain about like the future in terms of whether Babes and Waves is like financially sustainable and whether it's going to work out in the long run. Um... So, yeah, that's definitely. I hope
0: I didn't um, plant that seed in you. (laughs) No, no, no. It's it's literally something I've been
1: thinking about so much this week, especially because I just been doing my cash flow. And I saw the graph like going down slowly. And I was like, we're uh... doing well. Why is it going down? And I messaged my accountant like,
0: help, please. Help me.
1: So we're going to do a session.
0: But yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, totally makes sense. And what is the thing that you feel the most certain about right now? The thing that I feel the most
1: certain about is just, like, I guess, like, just how much space there is to, like, meet amazing, like, creative, like, POC women. And literally today, my day was full of, like, I don't even want to say meetings because meetings sounds dry. Mm. But for the first time, like, you know, connecting with, like, amazing women running, like, really cool businesses who I just follow on Instagram and we connected that way. So I think, like, it's so weird to me now reflecting back and thinking okay like i used to feel like i didn't have friends in alignment and stuff Mm. there's literally now that i'm like there's not enough time to see everyone who i want to see because there's just so many amazing people so if you're feeling like lonely in your life or like you know you don't have your people like honestly they're out there like um they're out
0: there you've just got to find them and that's really lovely of you to say i'm just like thinking about do you ever like look back at yourself now and think about like younger jazz and just be like if I can yeah. talk to younger jazz about stuff now I'll and... be like
1: chill out girl but, th- but then I'm <laughs> <laughs> but then I might if I chilled out I probably wouldn't be where I am so fair I, I just say trust the process I think which is funny because it's what everyone says but when you're a teen you're
0: like shut up you don't understand me
1: So yeah, I say just trust the process. Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) it's a really nice thing to end the podcast on. Um, Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute. You're a great host. Honor. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, no, no, it's been an absolute honor, and like, thank you for being really like genuinely honest, because I feel like. You don't tend to get that, like you know, we've spoken about it, but like there's a lot of like boss babe and like yeah, nah, and, like, not for me. The whole, like glam- and like <laughs> it's, it yeah. I feel like it's it's really important to talk about like, the realities of what is going on behind the scenes, and um, no, I just really appreciate your honesty, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you baby. Um, and yeah, this has been another episode of the Uncertainties, and we'll be back very soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>